Hey everybody, Rob here, getting ready to talk about the seven things you need to know about Survivor Co. Wrong, but I want to know, have you checked out the new Podcast One app? Of course, Podcast One is the podcast home of Rob as a Podcast, and they've got a brand new 2016 version of the Podcast One app, which makes listening to the show super simple, and you can check out all the other Podcast One shows while you're at it. Download the brand new 2016 Podcast One app now from the App Store on iTunes or Google Play or at podcastone.com. Also, you can check out the new Podcast One show, Chilling Tales, on the app. It's a scripted mystery with a new story each week. It was top 10 in iTunes last week, and you're going to love it. Check it all out at podcastone.com. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob has a podcast. And now here's the guy who's prepared to talk about what possibly could go wrong this season. Is it too late? to? Can we, can we keep saying that? Is it still going, Josh? It's a little old by now. And the season hasn't even started. And it feels like we've just been doing that a lot. <laughs> How about we talk about it's, what could go right? Can we talk about that? What could go right? It's Rob Sisterdino. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rob Has a Podcast. And it is a, what, what a tradition now we've started here on the podcast. It's our seven things about the brand new season. And here with me, my co-host, every season to talk about this, bookends, beginning and endings. Here we go. We start it off. We close it out. Here is Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? I'm great, Rob. How are you? Oh, uh, well... It's been a long week. It really long <laughs> week for you. I don't know how much you want to go into graphic detail here, but I know that it's been a really oh, tough time. Oh yeah, over uh, at uh, Casa Sesternina. Yeah, no, I had my own bout with uh, severe gastrointestinal distress over here, and uh, simultaneously at the same time as my wife also, uh, and with these uh, babies, uh, it has been a. <laughs> it's been what could go wrong over here? Well, as, there's no. You can't get medically evacuated. Oh, from we parenthood to- <laughs> or pod podcasting so you're just really screwed in that situation yeah very screwed in that situation but we're very excited to kick off another season of survivor coverage here on rob has a podcast uh this is officially going to be like what what is this the 12th season we're covering here on rhap something like that what yeah so a lot a lot of seasons we're covering you old man yeah i'm trying to 21 two you're like joe del campo old Yeah, might be the 13th season we're covering. So unlucky 13, maybe. Who knows? Oh, gosh, that's terrifying. So a lot to do here today. Of course, Josh and I are going to talk about everything we know to this point about Survivor 32 Korong, which is going to be premiering February 17th on CBS. So just under a month to go. We're recording this on Wednesday. So four weeks from today, boom, Survivor is back. Didn't just we just finished Survivor? How is it so quick? This off season flying by already. Yeah, short off season. I feel yeah. like that the last couple of seasons, at least in terms of the winner, I feel like have started a little bit later. I feel like that the uh, February season last year, I, I kind of feel like it started uh, towards the end of the month, like uh, maybe a week yeah. or two after this one did. Yeah, Feb Feb 25, worlds apart. Yeah, I moved last February, and I feel like it was like the last week of the month. So. Uh, a lot to uh, talk about here in this shorter off season now. That's good, though. It gets us back to Survivor faster. I'm ready. I didn't think that I would be. I am. I'm psyched. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm ready for Survivor to come back. Yeah, and I sense a lot of pessimism in the Survivor community coming off of this 
all-star season of this cast. But I have to say the first time I've really done a deep dive into this cast, I haven't like done any sort of like, you know, you could do like a really deep dive and get this stuff ahead of time. But I really do like this cast. I really like this cast. I didn't know that I w- if I was going to. I, you know, I was wondering how are they going to possibly follow up Second Chance, even though technically this was pre-Second Chance. It's all very complicated when you think about the timeline too much. Uh, but I, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know how this was going to be. And if you look at the track record, the seasons that follow All Star seasons tend to be train wrecky, which definitely those seasons have their supporters, and there's always something to love about a season of Survivor. But I just kind of didn't know and. Um, you know, there was a lot of what could go wrong, what could go wrong. I just looking at this cast list, Rob, I really like a lot of these people. I'm, I think that we might be in for a surprisingly fun season. Yeah, well, the secret to happiness is low expectations. And maybe that's what we have here coming off of a stellar season of Survivor and Survivor Cambodia. Just an FYI. So earlier today, I did record my extensive interview with Jeremy Collins, the winner, spoiler alert, of Survivor Cambodia. What? I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. So Ruined that's going to be up. for me. Hopefully Friday we'll have that up for you guys. So that's going to be a very fun interview with Jeremy. So How was Jeremy, how did he do? Very good. I thought he was did a very strong job. Maybe not as good as he did in Cambodia. It'd be hard to top that, but he did a that's very really good, good job. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah. So we're going to talk through all the things that we know here in this podcast and get into some of these interesting facts about the cast and some of the interesting things that we're going to see in the season. That's what we're going to do all here today. Josh, how has your off season been treating you? My off season has been tr- it was tremendous. Good. Good off season. Solid off season. I, I recorded with you. We closed the book on second chance. Uh, I went away on vacation for a couple of weeks. I've been slowly dipping my toe back into work since then. And now this like things are heating up again. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I'm over my jet lag. I'm ready to rock. Off season has been great. Things are heating back up for you. Of course, Josh, you did an extensive uh, cast announcement of these 18 new players that are going to be playing for parade.com. Yeah, there was a, I, I did a little piece on Parade. We did a, a photo gallery of all the contestants, lots of really good pics of those guys, and just a little color commentary along the way. I had fun with that. That seems to have done really well. So thanks, everybody, who's who's read that. That was yeah, great. Great work. I did appreciate that. And that was a very nice way to uh, digest finding out about so many of these people. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm happy to help you out however I can. All right. So let's dive in and let's talk about the first thing. Actually, the first couple of things are going to be just sort of resetting a bit of what we've already known about this season. And number one, the first thing that we have to talk about is BBB is back. <laughs> yeah. Not only are we back talking about Survivor, but uh, a classic Survivor theme or a recent classic Survivor theme uh, has made a come back. Yes, much in the same way that Blood versus Water was repeated only but a year later. Now we have the return of Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn back, blah, 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 back again here. Only three seasons later from Survivor 28, now back in, well, they did it in Survivor. Again, the timeline is screwy, but uh, you know what we mean. Basically, yeah. We, we, basically. <laughs> basically. But yeah, very. the point is very shortly after we did it in Kagiyan, Kagiyan, which was, 
you know, a, a season that is loved by many, many, many people. One of the terrific, great seasons of the modern era of Survivor. Uh, and I'm sure some people are wondering, too soon? Too soon for three Bs? What's your take on this, Rob? Well, to me, I kind of feel like that Survivor Worlds Apart, where it was uh, no collar, blue collar versus white collar, was basically the same thing. So I guess you could have come up with some other thing that was almost exactly the same and called it something different, or you could just call it brains versus beauty versus brawn again. (laughs) So I don't mind it. I thought that that was a pretty strong format. So instead of sort of trying to make a watered down copy of it, why not just do it again? I think the one thing, the one risk you run into is being compared to a season that got that theme so, so, so right. You know, if, if this season is a really, really fun season, you know, if it's a, if it's a little goofy, if it's off kilter, you know, there's going to be things to love about that. But if it's not like the strategic powerhouse season that Kagian was filled with ridiculous characters and someone so dynamic like Tony, is it going to be, you know, are, are you inviting comparisons that just can't be lived up to when you're talking about a season like Kagian, which was really one of the great seasons of Survivor. I think that that's one one thing that I would be a little, I would have been a little bit cautious about. But ultimately, I do think Worlds Apart is, you know, you could make an argument as secretly a three Bs. Um, it really, it almost doesn't matter. To me, I do think that they half-assed it because what I would have done is, okay, you want to do Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn, then they should have gone with the same exact buff colors. I might have even gone with the same exact tribe names uh, where it's like, okay, Brains Tribe, you guys are Luzon. Uh-huh. <laughs> and where it's like, you know, it's almost like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek where it's like, okay, you're just the new. I, I don't know if you have to have play so that. So do they have to like, <laughs> does, does like Kyle Jason have to go by Tony Vlacos? <laughs> no, no, not necessarily. But I would have at least... Scott, you will be playing the part of Cliff Robinson. Like, I know that the Brains Tribe wears the green buffs. I know that the Brawn Tribe wears the orange buffs and the Beauty Tribe wears the purple buffs. I I would have at least gone with the same color scheme. Uh All right, well, you're going to have to do some mental gymnastics. I know it's going to be hard, but we're going to have to associate brains with blue. That's going to have to happen. Blue. Blue. Red is going to be the bronze and the beauties are orange. Like the purplish was so perfect for that. (laughs) Yeah. So they had it right. I don't know why they have to mess with the buff colors. Do you feel like um, we're listen? Everyone loves a newbie season. Newbie seasons are, are always fun to get new people, new blood into Survivor. But if you're going to do three B's again, um, if not doing a full blown three B's all stars, which I know a lot of people would love to see, uh, do you do you feel like any captains from the original three B's should have been brought into the mix here? Oh, that's interesting. If we were going to do either all star captains, or you want to bring back the captains from the original Brains versus Beauty versus yeah, like you bring Tony back to like run rampant all over these people do you bring you know save samson you know show up for you know to for some redemption here i like that idea but i'm also excited for the all new cast because i feel like coming out of last season which was so polarizing and look it was great we all love the idea of them doing the all-star season i do think that there is something to the all newbie season as well and i feel like that the time is right for the all newbie season too. I think if you're just looking at the internet today and we're recording this on January 20th, when the cast has been announced, I think, you know, just looking at the online chatter around this cast announcement, I'm seeing a ton of excitement 
Um, and, you know, we just came off of a huge, huge, huge historic season of Survivor. And I think that there's a hunger for, you know, something new, you know, something unexpected, something we don't know anything about. And I'm seeing people, you know, falling hard for some of these contestants without knowing anything about them already. You know, there's like King Darnell is a thing that's happening. We don't know anything about Darnell yet. Right. So, you know, like I think that there is something in the air where, you know, when, when you have a season of just complete unknowns, completely new to the game, um, we have no idea. Right now we are in the, you know, the very, very early stages for us, really late stages for these people. Uh, but for us, like it's this is all very new and it's very exciting and it's really fun to start to get to know some of these new people who are about to be uh, put through the meat grinder. Yeah, you know the old expression about survivor happiness. Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Yeah, so those are all things that make us happy as a survivor community because it is fun that it's like, oh, here's 18 new presents that we get to open that I know I'm excited that we have 18 new listeners to the podcast this season. Wow, sure, that's great. Sure, I lost, you know, 19 or 20 from last yeah. season but yeah <laughs> you grow listen it's you know you you gain a step you you take one step forward two steps back something like that can i formally say hello to the cast of survivor co wrong do you think that they haven't been listening before some of them certainly have not i'm sure some of them certainly have not i'm sure at least a couple have yeah have do you want to introduce out. yourself yes hi my name is rob that i uh-huh. am a person i am uh the winner of survivor redemption island oh i, have, I didn't even know that you played survivor yes yes yeah. And so I will be talking about the show with a uh, cast of weirdos every single day, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys will be obsessively spending the next three months of your lives listening. This is Josh Wiggler that he will be on with me uh, pretty frequently that he's from Survivor Fiji. He was the third person off. I was the third person voted out. Yes. Yeah. I went by Mookie at the time. Yes. Good friends with Papa Smurf. Uh I love Papa Smurf. (laughs) shout out to the pig snouts yeah (laughs) he was bullied by rocky (laughs) what a jerk man freaking rocky i'm still not over that yeah Yeah. so that's who we are so hello cast of korong yeah we also know a thing or two about time travel yeah Yeah, that's that's a story for another time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Literally. All right. So that uh, brains versus beauty versus brawn is back. Let me ask you the question. So how, how soon are we going to do worlds apart again? Will Survivor 33 <laughs> be worlds worlds more apart? No, no, no. Other worlds apart. Universes apart. Yeah, I think that that's when we're we're waiting for uh, space exploration to to really go further into the thing. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like we're doing worlds apart again. So you think that we'll just like brains versus beauty versus brawn? We'll be we'll do that a third time before we do worlds apart a second time. No, I think that we'll we'll do some other three tribe theme. I feel like I I don't think that it's always going to be just like alternating three Bs and worlds apart. What if this season turns out great? Do you think that that will sort of be the yeah, clincher? Then, then we're doing, yeah, then we're doing three Bs all the time. And I think that season, I think the third one ought to be a clash of the brains versus beauty versus brawn. Yeah. I think that they should put the two seasons against each other like the challenge. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing if Survivor does another all new concept for three tribe format. Um, the, so the first time, you know, the first time we did this, when, when we did this in Kageon, uh, Braun came out on top. Everyone was wondering, who is it going to be? Can, can a brain make it? You know, can a beauty make it? No, it's the bronze, two bronze in the end. What are your, do you have, do you have any insight into how this contest of who come, who's best equipped for survivor, a brain, a beauty or a brawn? Do you have any feelings about this looking at this cast right now? Don't we 
presume that the Brains tribe is doomed again? I mean, wouldn't that yes. be sort of like what we're going into as like the presumptive thinking behind the season that Brains tribe is going to flame out again? If you're making bets, do you think just looking at this cast, are you like, you're just looking for history to repeat itself? Yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> it would be fun if it was like maybe a different tribe, but I kind of think that's what we go into it expecting. It's like, hey, well, the Brains tribe is going to, you know, totally overthink it and try yeah. to play the game too early. And that's what happens. Right, right, right. Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be fun to see if there's a little bit of history repeats itself or breaking the cycle. I think in either direction, it's going to be good. And it'll also be interesting, I think, because, you know, the Brains tribe is going to be out there. And this is going to be, again, very much in their minds because of how closely, like, they played this season in the midst of Survivor 30. So it's not even like Survivor 30 was over and Survivor 31 was over. You know, it's only like a season and a half ago for them that brains versus beauty versus brawn happened. So you got to think that that brains tribe is out there saying like, we can't be like Luzon. We can't let this happen to us. But the more they think about how they don't want to be Luzon, probably the more likely they will be Luzon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The time travel thing is kind of wonky because I don't think that they, do they even know about the advantage at this point? Uh, did they know about like the hidden electrolytes back at camp? Did they know about the bullying? Like any of that stuff. So much late stage worlds apart is completely unknown to these people. And Joshua, we have a big audience on this podcast. Maybe everybody doesn't know about the logistics of the timing of the season. Could you just sort of set up why we're talking about it as if it happened at a weird time? Sure. So Survivor Korong was filmed in the same location in Korong, uh, Cambodia, as Survivor Second Chance. Uh, it is airing after Survivor Second Chance, but it was filmed before Survivor Second Chance filmed. Uh, the filming dates, according to Wikipedia, March 30 to May 7. Um, the voting happens for Second Chance somewhere around there, somewhere around May 7. I believe it's opening up. Um, it's you know a two-week process. The cast gets revealed. We throw them on a bus. We send them to Cambodia, and that's going to be the season in the fall i feel like there was a feeling of if we're going to have america vote on our cast let's give them that season immediately so survivor co wrong uh started filming march 30 they you gotta assume that they'd been there a few days before that maybe a week maybe more um it's going to be getting close to a full year from the start of filming to the series premiere of Korong. It's a long time to wait for your for your show to get on the air. Yeah, these guys have been on ice for a while. And so we don't exactly know the full reasoning of why they did it. If it was just because, okay, well, if we're going to do this vote, then that's why they need to, you know, air that season right after the fact or was it like okay well we've seen how this season goes so let's put this on ice for a while and then let's just get let's get the all-stars out there so we don't we're not privy to exactly why they did it this way right so you know mysteries there's always some mysteries, mysteries. you can talk to gordon holmes about some unsolved mysteries <laughs> uh but i i feel like you know it, it whatever the reason it's just a long time to be waiting um i think that has something to do with the excitement at least for me it's like you know that these people were just like you know, some of them must have been anxious for the past year for negative reasons. Some just can't wait to be named a million dollar winner in front of, uh, you know, an audience of thousands and millions of people. So there's just a palpable energy there, I think, right now. And so Brains versus Brawn versus Beauty is back. And as part of that, will we expect the tribes to sort of just take on the roles that are given to them because just like in the original brains versus beauty versus brawn, a lot of these people could have been on any of the tribes, but right. is seeing that word of brain versus brawn versus beauty on the tribe flag. Do you think that that will maybe influence how each of these tribes acts amongst each other? 
I think that'll be fun to see. Um, you know, I think I do think that that's one of the things that you're seeing people talk about. It's like looking at the tribe division, be like, huh? And I think that that always happens with any of these three tribe seasons where it's like you could see that person being a, a blue collar or a no collar. You can make arguments. So I think that that's a little bit fun uh, with the chatter today. As far as how that's going to impact how they play, I don't know. You know, maybe it impacts them if if these people have seen Kagi on. They know what pitfalls to avoid. Uh, or maybe these people are just like so perfectly cast to those types that they're just going to, you know, fall right into those traps because they have no choice. Uh, I think that will be a really fun part of uh, part of the season. All right. Let's talk about number two. The second thing that we need to know, there's going to be, be, be a lot of injuries. Jeff Probst has called this the most punishing season of Survivor ever. Don't you mean a lot of boo boo boos? <laughs> no, boo boo is back in Fiji where uh-huh. you first yeah, with played. Me. Yeah, he could have been a good ally for me. It's your I, have old a lot of regrets. I have a lot of regrets about how that played out. Yeah. yeah most punishing season in Survivor history. That, that's what Jeff is saying in the Korong preview that aired at the second chance finale. Um, he says that there's there's a moment where he's talking to a doctor and says, so you are pulling this person from the game. Uh, he calls for a helicopter, and says we need to have an evacuation. Um, so it sounds it sounds deadly. You know, most punishing in, in Survivor history. We'll have to wait and see. But. That's how they're billing it. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because we didn't really see any medical evacuations or a super punishing environment, I feel like, in Cambodia. Sure, there were moments where the weather was bad, but for a lot of Survivor Cambodia, it seemed not a particularly dangerous location. Well, they had a crap ton of rain. Uh, you know, they had episodes of just like endless rain to the point that they basically were like, hey, we're going to build you a shelter. Please don't do these immunity challenges. Like just just hop out for today. Uh, you know, like they they built them a shelter to keep them warm, to keep them dry. We did see uh, we saw Joe pass out. That wasn't great. Uh, Keith had apparently passed out as well. So, I mean, I, I buy that the conditions in Cambodia were well, you were there not great and i and i was there i know what that rain was like it is it was shockingly hot um and i had heard that it was worse uh before i had gotten there so i would not be surprised if cambodia was really really a nightmare and in fact uh jeff probes i don't remember where he was but he was just on a red carpet and he was interviewed by someone from et canada not aaron who i believe I, who it was I, the critics choice awards that's what it is yeah and he was asked about um about the future of survivor and he's not saying where the next season is going to be but he talks about how cambodia was punishing and it kind of sucked and it was hard to film at um so i you know coming from him it, it sounds like it was it was a it was a rough spot how do we think that this is going to play into the game do you have any sort of supposition of that it's a very tough season and that will make the game crazier less crazy do you have any sense on that well i think it's, i think it's going to be almost re- really hard to predict i mean i think that it's going to you know an evacuation can really upset a lot i mean ask anyone on kucha you know ask anybody who was planning on going to that merge with numbers you know we've we've talked about that whether kucha was really going to win that immunity challenge or not uh but you know mike scoopin getting you know falling into the fire the very first evacuation in survivor history uh results in two tribes stepping up to the merge with even numbers and a tribe that may well have been dominant going into that situation ended up getting eaten alive starting with uh former second chancer jeff varner it can change a ton and i think that that's going to be the biggest thing it's going to be hard to predict 
who, you know, any sort of evacuation, any sort of emergency were to happen to. And I think what's going to be even harder to predict is what's the fallout of something like that? How is that going to ruin somebody's carefully laid plan? So that might make this season very unpredictable for reasons that are not normally the reasons we're looking for uh, for this game to be unpredictable. Yeah, it seemed like in that super tease, people have like infections and stuff yeah. like that. So. Yeah, they show just like a bunch of these people like they're showing bounty hunter Kyle's shoulders are just destroyed. Uh, someone has like the Jonathan Penner leg of death happening. Yeah. Uh, so it just looks awful. A lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. All right. So we'll see what happens. Do Are we rooting for the medevacs early or we want to see them spaced out? Any sort of idea on how that goes if there are multiple evacuations? Yeah, that's it's hard to say like how are you rooting for you know rooting for placement on evacuation i guess you would want them to be early you want that you know that pro that post-merge game to play as as cleanly as possible uh i'm i'm rooting for few evacuations i am rooting for the people to be okay today a year has passed hopefully that's enough time to heal uh but we'll we'll see how that all plays out let's get into number three which is dealing more about the gameplay and something that isn't quite new business but something that we haven't talked about here today there's gonna be 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 a new idol oh the super power idol super idol yes <laughs> did tyler perry reach out to jeff with a new idea there is no talk about tyler perry right now as far as i can see you know maybe that was part of tyler's deal he's like do not mention my name again i don't need it that yes. being said, I got an idea. This is the Steve Perry idol. <laughs> yeah. 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 The Steve Perry idol. That's good. Don't stop. BBB leaving. Don't stop. <laughs> okay. So new superpower idol because actually the hidden immunity idol is only half of the superpower idol. Josh, what yeah. does that mean? So so I'm I'm trying to figure this out. So this so this is how it seems to work. Um this is all from interviews with Dalton Ross and Jeff Probst, the reveal of this new super idol where you have you go out, you get your immunity idol, it's a normal immunity idol, um but if you combine it with somebody else's immunity idol, if you find somebody else in the game who has an idol and you agree to use it in conjunction with one another, then your individual idols now kind of like sort of like devastator from transformers become one idol and you can play that after votes are read on somebody else on the person who has presumably been voted out so hypothetically speaking after that happens somebody gets voted out you and i you have an idol i have an idol we say okay let's quick let's put our idols together and then we could use it to save that person or it has to be one of us yeah i think that you can save you could save like if antonio mazzaro is our ally (laughs) and antonio has just been blindsided and we are also blindsided because we didn't know that antonio was going to get sniped tonight and that really screws with our numbers you and I can put our idols together and save the life of our most shows recap host. Okay, very good. And we could save the podcast. Yeah. But is this a good twist? Do you like this? Because doesn't this maybe, you know, sort of like ensure that the paganging keeps going because we have a big enough alliance to have three people in it? Well, I guess my question for you is like, do you see scenarios in which this comes about? Like how, how do you, how, how is this like, how is anyone going to come up to somebody and just be like, I've got an idol. I think you have an idol too. Like how is that information going to be shared? And in a game that is so self-interested, uh, when, when it's played at its best, 
Um, how are two people going to come together and decide to eliminate both of their idols and play it as one on somebody else that's not themselves? Do you see it even being played? I would say that it seems a little far-fetched to imagine that this is going to happen. I mean, this seems like a pretty exact scenario to have taken place where it's like, okay, I'm a person who has an idol. You're a person who has an idol. Now, again, we're just coming out of a season where we had two different people who found two idols. So Jeremy Collins, hypothetically, with two idols in his hand, could have his two idols equal one superpower idol. Right. And in my conversation with Jeremy, we actually talk about that conversation he has with Spencer in the game where Spencer says, hey, just because you have found, you know, an idol doesn't mean you found a second idol. And we did talk about a little bit like uh, people who do find an idol they do tend to find multiple idols because right. they sort of like have that sort of like, oh, OK, I've broken the seal on finding idols. Now I know how to find idols. So it is conce- more conceivable to me that somebody might have two idols in the game, which we've seen happen from time to time and be able to turn their two idols into one superpower idols. We need to look only back to the last Brains vs. Beauty vs. Brawn game to have a person who did seem to have a real nose for finding the idols. I mean, if this twist had existed earlier in Survivor history, we might be talking about James Clement as an entirely different you know, person. Sure. You know? James couldn't have gotten voted out of the game with two yeah. idols. Yeah. I mean, Russell Hance might be hoarding the idols. So, I mean, think about how many times Val could have bailed people out, you know? <laughs> She could have combined so many idols. You could end up with a scenario where people are less likely to play their hidden immunity or less likely to give it away because they're trying to hoard it to, well, I really need two because then I can't get voted out of the game. Like I might play my one idol today, but if I find another one tomorrow, then I can't be blindsided. Right. One thing that I do like about it is I, I because it, it feels to me so far fetched that two different people would team together to make this miracle happen. It just it's hard to hard to imagine in this game that that would be, you know, to, to find each other, to find that we both have idols, that we trust each other, uh, that we're going to make this happen. So for it to happen Something pretty amazing, something sort of magical has to happen, like some sort of true friendship out there has to be born. Some sort of really amazing survivor partnership has to exist for two people to agree that this is the way to play it. And then the fallout of that could be really dramatic as well. So I think for like dramatic reasons, if it were to come to pass, I would think that would be pretty sweet. Um, you know, it's like I, I feel like you can you can almost see like the genesis of the idea is like, well, you know, the super idol, the Tyler Perry idol wound up in Tony's hands at the reunion. Jeff It's like you guys would have loved it if it was in Spencer's hands. And then the next leap is like, well, what if Spencer and Tony could have worked together and put their idols together and had a Tyler Perry idol between them? So I, I could see where the genesis of that idea might come from. And I could see why if it pays off, it could be pretty sweet. I just don't think that it's going to. It's hard to imagine the scenario where that happens. I, I kind of hope it does because it'd be crazy. Let me pitch you on maybe is this a more likely possibility that it plays out because there will be more idols this season where mm. you have to imagine a scenario where, okay, there's one idol at each of the camps to start the game. And then maybe is there one or two idols hidden at the merge? So potentially we could have, you know, four different idols in play. Right. What if there's two idols at each beach? I feel like that would be a lot. I a lot feel like there are potentially six idols coming into the merge in a season where maybe it's like a 12 person merge. I feel like that that's a lot. 
It's the most idle, heavy season in Survivor history to say Bon Voyage to American Idol. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it's, a trip send off. Yeah. Send off. Oh, you like idols? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But for this to work, you know, it has to take place after the merge. Or, uh, or there has to be multiple idols in the pre-merge game. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and whether or not everybody is sort of in the know on it. Yeah, I mean, I just on a baseline, I don't love the idea of an idol that can rescue somebody after that person has been voted out. That's not my preferred way of an idol getting played. Uh, I feel like the way that idols are traditionally played these days, it's the best way to have an idol in use. Um, but I'm open-minded. Let's see how it plays. It, it could be cool. It could be bad. Uh, it might not happen at all. Also, Josh, do you know if the idols are going to be hidden at the challenges in this season? Because are we taking a step backwards from that? Because I feel like the, at the time that Jeff was talking about the idols are hidden in the challenges in Survivor 31, he was talking about like, well, because we knew that 32 was happening after then we had to think about that and you, you'll see what we end up doing. Was he referencing this twist or was he saying that also the idols are going to be hidden at the challenges again? Yeah, I think one of the things he was talking about, you know, when I when I got the chance to speak to him uh, ahead of Second Chance and they had just finished filming Co Rong. Uh, I had asked him about the process of like, how do you do the mental gymnastics of you are now shooting a season after a season you've already shot that's going to air before the season that you've already shot? And how do you want there to be sort of an evolution of the gameplay? And he talked about the challenges of that. He says like it, it required this is his quote that he gave to me. He said the creative for seasons 31 and 32 was kind of an interesting jigsaw puzzle. I had a whiteboard in my room at all times showing what we're doing in the season that will follow Second Chance, so we won't repeat a lot of that in this season because it needs to be fresh for that season. It also required us to think if we want to evolve how idle play is going to happen, then season 32 has to be more evolved. And then we have to take a step backward and show the origin of that evolution here in Second Chance, so when the audience sees it in 32, it looks like a natural progression. Just very complicated. But I, I think that the the idea there is, you know, if 31, you know, taking that a few steps further, 31 featured idols getting hidden in untraditional ways uh, where you're finding clues in the jungle rather than idols in the jungle. And those idols are actually at the merge or uh, or at a challenge or under your shelter or in the woods. And you got to go take a, a long walk without any fire. If that's the way that they're doing that in 31, I feel like you got to imagine that 32 is going to do similar stuff. Okay, so we'll see how that plays out with how the idols are ultimately hidden. All right, you ready to talk about number four? Oh, yeah. All right, let's start to talk about this cast that dropped today. And I guess the headline we have to talk about is number four. Are you ready for BB Beast Mode Cowboy? Oh, my God. Is he, he I don't remember him from B -B -B Beast Wars. Was yeah, he on that show? You don't remember him from BBB 16? No, no, no. No, I'm not a big brother guy, so I have no idea what we're getting into here with Beast Mode Cowboy other than I've heard that term before. Heard that. Yeah. Is that what he says? <laughs> he does. Allegedly, allegedly. It was sort of a thing where all of a sudden he started saying that that was his catchphrase at heard one that. point, but he never had said it before. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. So 
If, what are we getting into? What is this? What is what is a beast mode cowboy? For the unfamiliar, all right. I did a really fun podcast with Eric Stein of uh, BB8, of course. The uh, the oh, the droid has <laughs> the popular yeah. the popular show that they based the droid BB-8. on in the new Star Wars movie. Let me give you the lighter thumbs up right now. <laughs> all right, so that we did a really fun podcast where we talked about and, and Eric gave a really great scouting report on how it it is really odd to see Caleb, a.k.a. Beast Mode Cowboy, on Survivor and how he's a lot different than Hayden Moss, who shows up here. And if you want to catch that, you could uh, hear that on Rob has a website. But to just give a short version of that, so Caleb is a guy who was from the BB-16, which was a pretty popular season at least with the viewers although a lot of the fans uh, would tell you that uh, they had mixed feelings about it uh, in covering that season and so Caleb was a guy he came into the house and really thought he was running uh, the entire house he ends up with a couple of other bros in the house forming this very big alliance called the bomb squad and there are a lot of colorful characters in that the whole season is really run by this guy Derek who is kind of a uh, Kim Spradlin esque type player where just best, he's just running circles around everybody in that house in that season. But Caleb was a guy who sort of started his story in that season where he was completely obsessed with this woman, Amber to the point right. where the joke is he's a, a hot stalker, Amber. right? A hot Amber and, you know, very attractive woman, but he was just like, obsessed with her about how he was going to date her after the show. And it was certainly uncomfortable. And that was his thing. He was the stalker guy and he wanted to have this relationship with her outside of the show. And she just did not want to go there with him. She ends up getting voted out. He stays in the house and ends up sort of being more of a kooky character in the second half of the season where he's like, you know, there's a lot of time in the big brother week, you know, three hours a show and they fill it with a lot of sort of wacky nonsense that goes on in the house. And he's doing like karate and he thinks he can do like a judo chop. And he talks about how his catchphrase is her dad. And he's going to be, <laughs> he's going to be a like, um, he's going to collaborate with Justin Bieber on music and stuff like that. And so he ends up becoming, even though he was sort of born out of this, like, oh, he's like a creepy stalker guy, that it's a more of a lighthearted character by the end of the show. Okay. Um, so a couple of things. This is the season that Derek won. Derek, right. So this is the only season of Big Brother that I've seen an episode of. Okay, so did you see... So I saw see... the finale. I watched the finale, so I must have seen him. He Was he jury? He was on the jury, right. Was he front row or b- b- back row jury? <laughs> I think he ended up in sort of fifth place. Okay, all right. So I've seen Caleb before. Um, Hayden Moss, the only other Big Brother player who has played. You would not put these two in the same conversation. No, because I think that Hayden Moss is a person who is a very talented guy in these games. And I think that he's somebody who has really great social skills as opposed to Caleb, who is pretty, I think, self-absorbed based on what I've seen about him. And I think that he does not really get the game of either Big Brother or Survivor. That a lot of times I think that Caleb thought he was running his alliance and basically he was just a figurehead that they just told him and, they, and whatever he wanted to hear and let him believe he was running things. But he was really a pawn in his alliance 
Whereas everybody else behind the scenes were really like letting him think that he was running the show. Right. So you're not super optimistic about him as a player. No, not as a player. And I really don't know how it's going to go because we really saw the two sides of Caleb in Big Brother 16 where we had sort of like the obsessive stalker guy. And then we also had sort of like the wacky, lighthearted guy. But there's a lot more room for the wacky moments on Big Brother with the three hour a week format. So I don't really know how much of that is going to play on Survivor, especially in a season where three tribes where we're going to be spread so thin in that one hour a week that we have. Right. Um, so what's what's the best what's the best case scenario for this guy then? You know, uh, what, what, what's the best possible outcome for him to have like some sort of Drew Christie flame out, have some sort of legendary goofy, kooky, early game departure? Yeah, it really just comes down to how big of a head does he have coming into this game? Is he able to come into this game and he's going to be part of the beauty tribe? Right. Does he come in thinking like, hey, I'm the star. I'm here to run the show. This is my ship. And, you know, it's either get in line or you're next to go. Or is he willing to sort of collaborate because he is a guy who is a person who could help you in the challenges. So I do feel like just out of that in a small tribe, you feel like he's going to be around at least for a couple of weeks. But if he does come out and sort of like, hey, I'm going to really, you know, this is my ship. It's my way or the highway. I feel like he could be a pretty early boot on the season. And we were talking earlier about like, what does it mean to these players to be a brain, to be a beauty, to be a brawn? Like, what does that do to your head and your game and all of that stuff? How do you imagine being assigned to beauty is going to sit with Beast Mode? Cowboy? Oh, it's really going to go to his head. I mean, the guy, even from Big Brother, is talking about how he's a model and how he, you know, has such a big social media following. And he was played in this season where Ariana Grande's brother was on the show and Ariana Grande's brother used to talk a lot about how, Oh, I have these, you know, millions of Twitter followers. And so he's sort of like caught up in that world in terms of like, you know, feeling like he's a celebrity already. Yeah. So I kind of think that, you know, beast mode cowboy is going to be out there. I think playing to the cameras a lot and not so much thinking about the game. So I expect from the game perspective for him to be a borderline train wreck. Oh boy. Well, I like the train wreck. So the train wreck could be fun. I don't know how I feel about the creepy stalker thing. Right. Great about that. Right. Well, I think he was single at the time that he played big brother. I believe he is spoken for at this point in time. So I'm not sure if that will be a factor, but you know, you never know when you get Uh out there on these shows, like maybe there could be something where, you know, it could be the opposite thing where it's like, you know, the Brandon Hans thing where, Hey, that's a Delilah. A Delilah. Yeah. Yeah. She's Delilah. I got to get rid of her. It's funny knowing nothing about the guy and watching his video on CBS. I was like, there's something Hans like about him. Like yeah. he looks like he could be a distant Hans cousin. <laughs> yeah. Well, he definitely has that. He's also somebody that's gotten into some trouble uh, with some controversial social media posts that he's made along the way. And I don't know if we need to uh, visit that messiness. You could certainly do some Google searches about that. But he is a controversial like a good figure. Twitter game coming up in the during the <laughs> it is not season. a fun Twitter game. <laughs> okay. He has definitely offended many 
on social media in the past. And so I'm a little surprised to see Survivor bring him in considering that. But it did feel like Survivor or CBS was really dead set on repurposing some people from the BB-16 cast. And Caleb is the person who ends up getting the call. Um, And I mean, I don't, I don't know. How do you... You know, Hayden was was great on right. Blood versus Water. He was really, really great. And I know nothing about Big Brother, but like seeing Hayden do so well, you know, if anything's going to spark my interest in watching a Big Brother, like something like that would be would be great. So I'm open minded to seeing uh, someone from Big Brother on Survivor. I loved seeing, you know, Natalie Anderson light it up in San Juan del Sur from Amazing Race. So I don't mind when these other reality shows get merged into Survivor if it's the if it's the right person. Um, if this doesn't go well, do you think that that's going to set that cause? back a little bit i've talked about for years that i feel like we are in the age of cbs synergy and i do expect that to continue where i think you'll see more crossing of the streams but i do not think that you will come away after watching beast mode cowboy as boy if these are the kind of players that are playing on big brother i gotta start watching that show right I think that Hayden was a great ambassador of Big Brother on Survivor. I think that Natalie Anderson was a great ambassador of The Amazing Race. I do not think, and I could be very wrong, and maybe I will eat my words on this. We'll certainly roll the tape if, if that comes we down. We certainly to it. will, as I've been wrong about many, many things in the history of Rob as a podcast. I do not think that Beast Mode Cowboy will be a great ambassador of Big Brother out here on Survivor, where you'll say, boy, I need to see what this guy is doing more. Uh-huh. I would have liked it better if it was Beast Mode Cowboy from Cook Islands and he was <laughs> yeah. they tossed him onto the beauty tribe. That cowboy. That uh, would be an indicator of a good season. Also, the Beast Mode Cowboy name, I believe, uh, was also the uh, self-proclaimed Beast Mode Cowboy. Uh-huh. Oh, he gave himself the nickname. Yes, he did. Oh, that always works out well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that he is, you know, the kind of guy that he is, uh, you know, giving himself nicknames. He is, uh, you know, telling you what his catchphrase is and doing all sorts of wacky things. So I think he does play to the cameras and I think he is very much thinking about his image more so than how do I win this game? Well, let me ask you this then, because he talks about this in his video where uh, some people might know me as Beast Mode Cowboy. I don't have the hat with me this time. I left it at home. Is that that uh, a Caleb decision of leaving beast mode cowboy behind. He wants to move away from that. Or is that survivor being like, dude, you can't wear the hat. Oh boy. That's like, interesting. Is, is that, is that survivor being like, no, you're Caleb this season. I suspect it's more survivor because I don't think that he has the ultimate say in what is the image he's going to be playing this season. Like if, Right, but you, know, you could play around with that kind of I stuff. I think if Survivor decides you're Beast Mode Cowboy, you are bringing the hat. If Survivor decides you are Caleb, you are not bringing the hat. I don't right. think that's his call. Interesting. So, so they wanted Caleb, but they didn't want Beast Mode Cowboy. Maybe they see something you don't. <laughs> Maybe they do. And they probably know him a lot better than I do. But uh-huh. I feel like I would be surprised if he has a deep run in this game. Okay, cool. Mark and I would it. also be surprised if he turns out to be a beloved figure in Survivor history. And you would say that the if you were to, you know, because I, I, I have only a cursory knowledge of what Big Brother fandom is like in terms of, you know, the reaction to this guy. But you think that it's trending thumbs down. I feel like that if I was going to put it in terms, I would say that maybe Beast Mode Cowboy is a popular figure among the Big Brother casuals. However... 
amongst the Big Brother fans that I know and regularly communicate with that yes. he is not a popular figure or somebody that people are clamoring to see again. Well, I am certainly hoping that there is a hot take coming from Jordan, Brent, Taryn, and Alex. I would like to hear that. I would like to hear that take on the coming of Caleb to, to Survivor. Yes. All right. So we will be watching for more from Beast Mode Cowboy. Let's talk about number five. And it's another person that you may have heard before, a figure from Sportball, Josh. Oh, God. So another figure you may have heard before, unless you're Josh Wigler. <laughs> <laughs> They're really pulling yeah. out all the stops for you. Scott oh Pollard is here. Yeah. Scott Pollard. Yeah. The b- b- basketball player. <laughs> yeah. He plays BBB. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me about this guy. All right. Now, Scott Pollard is a professional basketball player. He's a pretty outspoken guy. And again, I am a very big fan of the MLBBB uh, and the NFL. Uh, NBA is not one of my strong suits, but it's uh, not your NBA jam again. Right. We cannot do the BBB without a uh, basketball player. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you got to have it. You need that basketball player on the bronze stride. It's a staple. It's you have to have it. You have to just have somebody who is comically large. Uh, somebody who's just like way too tall for your shelter. Somebody who's going to be able to flip a boat. Yeah. So you need that guy. So Scott Pollard is here to play the Cliff Robinson role in the reimagining <laughs> of the BBB. Yeah. 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 He'll be playing the part of Cliff. So here's Scott Pollard. He is a 40 year old former professional basketball player. He had an 11 year NBA career uh, and he was on five different basketball teams. Uh, He also won a championship. I believe he uh, was he with. Detroit when he won Celtics. the championship Celtics. Okay. Uh, so there he did. He was with, uh, so says wiki. Yes. He was with, uh, Garnett and company, uh, in 2007 and eight when he won the championship and here he is. And have you watched any of his videos? I have, I have watched some of his video and he's, he's talking about how, um, you know, he's been trying to brush up on his survivor Shakespeare. He's trying to, you know, go back and, and look at the tape, uh, so that he comes out here and sounds intelligent. That's his, his word. And honestly, it must've worked. He seems very intelligent to me. Yeah. Uh, you feel like he seems a uh, survivor intelligent or regular intelligent? He seem he seems regular intelligent in a way that could translate to survivor intelligence. And I think that he's talking about his career as an athlete in a very interesting way, in yeah. a way that in a way that has me excited about his prospects as a player. Well, the guy is definitely entertaining. I watched some of his YouTube videos of like him just being interviewed and he definitely is, you know, outspoken and seems like he is a uh, person who is extremely uh, expressive. Right. So examples. Yeah. I watched a video of him earlier today where he's sort of like getting into a feud on live TV with a uh, WNBA player, Cheryl Miller. And uh-huh. uh, he's really like being like, like super aggressive with her, like in an, like on a studio show. And uh, there's also lots of videos of him with like uh, different hairstyles. And so I think he has a bit of Rodman in him in terms of being just sort of like an eccentric character. Uh-huh. I don't know how that plays on Survivor. Right. Sure. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it doesn't always play well. I mean, it plays well to the to, to television. Plays well you to mean- television. But to me, the vibe that I get from watching a little bit of Scott Pollard is a bit of the Rob of the uh, Rob with two B's from Survivor, not three B's from Survivor Thailand. All right. Well, that's obviously going to send shivers up your spine. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's going to have you uh, crap in your pants over there. Well, let's not get too carried away. But well, that's that's coming from something else. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I feel like that for the person who is used to being sort of like the uh, the wild character and the person who is like super demonstrative, I think that that might play better other places than Survivor because I think that Survivor is suited to the person who is the listener more so than the talker slash expressive character. Sure. And if he's bringing that, you know, if he's bringing that baggage into the game, <laughs> you know, if he's coming into this and baggage. Yeah. And, and if that's if that's who he's going to be out there and you always talk about how you it's hard not to be who you truly are out there on Survivor. And if that's just an inherent quality in him that he's unable to shake, uh, if he cannot get rid of that persona uh, because it's him, then he's in trouble. Absolutely. But the way that he talks about Survivor, which is all I have to go on. Um, is his in his CBS video, uh, you know, three minutes of, of him talking to a camera. He talks about something really interesting to me, which is how he is going to just own up to being a basketball player. Um, his thinking is people are already going to assume I'm an athlete. I am 6'11". I'm taller than Uncle Cliff. Cliff was the tallest survivor until me. Uh, you know, he's talking about how he's just monstrous and everyone is going to look at him and assume he's an athlete. Uh, the target is going to be on his back anyway, no matter what. Um, so rather than, you know, try and resist that, he's just going to lean into it. You know, he's going to go out there and like, even even if he's not an athlete, he knows that he looks like non from Superman, too. He's just a gigantic, you know, freakish, monstrous looking guy. Uh, and people are going to be looking at him for that reason, no matter what. But people know that this is survivor if they know their their cocky on lore at the very least they remember that cliff robinson was on that season and they're going to assume that the super tall guy is a basketball player and he's just going to own it and that suggests to me some game awareness going into this thing um so i'm optimistic about that if the personality stuff is coming out there with him i hope that he can save it for the camera and not bring it out too too much on the beach because uh, that would be bad. So I am no Scott Pollard expert. I am looking to bring you some analysis from people that are more knowledgeable about the basketball playing career of Scott Pollard. And hopefully uh, we have more on that to come. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Let's talk about number six. Somebody that I can speak a little bit more to because we have a former RHAP blogger in the cast in Nick Majorano. And I, I have, I have a b- b- bone of contention with this. Oh no! Can I just, can I just get this out there? Yes. They Survivor wants someone from RHAP. <laughs> yeah. They can, they can, they have their pick of the litter here. There's so many, so many people they could choose from, and they choose this guy for the beauty tribe. Yeah. Well, this guy. Well, what are you saying? He's not handsome enough. No, he is gorgeous. So <laughs> well, what are you saying? Dude, I was I'm shocked that he was blocking on RHP. He's a supermodel. Okay, so you are surprised that there is somebody who is a beauty that... How dare you, Josh? No, I'm saying that he is like... He is like next level supermodel. Nick is... Nick, if you're listening, call me. Yeah. Let's talk. All right. So uh, here is Nick, and he is a member of the Beauty Tribe, which, again, is a surprise for me. You know, I had sort of heard that somebody that I had known was on this season... And so I, I just presume that they were on the brains tribe. Uh, but then looking at it, Oh, on the beauty tribe. Well, that's very interesting. Somebody yeah. with the knowledge of the game to be blogging about it. And, uh, Nick blogged for us for one season. And it happened to be ironically during the original 
BBB yeah. uh-huh. during God, season yeah. 28. Uh, right. He blogged for us about what was going on there. So uh, again, he's very fluent in the brains versus beauty versus brawn format. And now here he is on the beauty tribe. And now he is billed as a personal trainer and a life coach from, <laughs> from survivor. Now that is not in the way that Nick presented himself to me in my communication with him. All right. How did he present himself to you? Well, when he first reached out to me, uh, uh-huh. this was back in, I don't know, like like January of 2014, like the January leading up to that season. And he had reached out to me and said, hey, uh, you know, I would love to get involved with the website. And at that time, you know, it was right around the time where I started doing the website full time. And I said, OK, great. I would love to talk to you. And I had a couple of very nice conversations uh, with Nick. but that when in my conversations with him that he had told me that he was somebody who was a you know computer uh, developer or at least uh, was working on websites yeah. and so I, and i believe him i don't think that he was you know that he was uh trying to trick me so i wonder if they sort of maybe this is something that he has done but they're playing this part of his personality up because he's somebody on the beauty tribe and they need like a you know you know, modern day sort of like, uh, I know Vince Sly played in the no collar tribe, but do we need to sort of like play up these other, like, Oh, if he says that he's this, then he seems like he belongs more on the other tribe. I think that you could just make the argument that this guy belongs on the beauty tribe. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm also really excited to have just done a quick search through my Gmail and would you know it? I got this guy's email address <laughs> And I am I am going to say a quick hello because we were we were communicating about the Survivor Kageon blogger roundtable. The bloggers. Yeah, Yeah. I'm coming for you, Nick. All right. So if you want to check out some of what Nick wrote during the original Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn, uh, all those blogs are still up on Rob as a website. And I've made a short link. If you want to check it out, you can go to Rob has a website dot com slash Survivor Nick. Okay, I know there's a Nick Brown, but this is uh, uh, this is now, I believe, the second Survivor wow, he Nick. he staked his claim really early. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, we'll see. Really uh, calling his shot. You could check that out. You could see everything that Nick had to write. And in going through some of these blogs, you know, I just like uh, thumbed through a couple of them today. I mean, he really is talking, uh, I feel like, in a cocky way. Of like somebody who really knows their stuff. So I think that he's going to be somebody who is pretty dangerous on the beauty tribe where you're not really expecting that as a guy who doesn't look like somebody who traditionally is going to be a survivor nerd. I think right. he could be very dangerous. Now, again, that we could make the same argument about Garrett Adelstein in the uh-huh. original survivor. Sure. You know, sometimes you come into this game thinking, you know, everything and it doesn't work out that way. Correct. 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 But I do think when you look at the makeup of people on that tribe, he seems like he is going to be the, you know, he has the potential to be like the domineering strategic alpha force, uh, whether or not the kind of, you know, the kind of manipulation he's going to try and lay down on Ty Trang is going to work on that guy uh, is, is TBD. But I but he does seem like a, somebody who who you'd want to keep an eye on for more reasons than one. Right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, don't get me. Don't get me started. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you know, joking aside, I was watching his video and he's talking about how he knows 
uh, self-centered people because I myself am self-centered. Uh, and it, there was a little bit of like arrogance to, to the, to the monologuing. There. Right. Like I, I have written, I have written in my notes, I have Vita syndrome on this guy. Is it Vita syndrome well, or what, is it Spencer BBB syndrome where it's like, okay, well I'm on survivors after wanting to get on the show for a long time. So I have to play up that I'm this villain. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it's that, you know, that's certainly the charitable interpretation. Interpretation, and I think that the other interpretation would be like if this is how he really views himself and this is how he plays the game then the dude better win on this shot because if he does really well and gets called back for round two he's out first like Vetus like he is like people will know this guy's the way this guy plays uh, so I don't know we'll, we'll see it we'll see how it rolls but that was my takeaway from watching that was like yeah this is going to be a guy who's going to go out there and try and play the game uh, I hope he does it successfully uh, you know I, I hope that he's able to mask some of this stuff because if, if people catch a of that he could be in big trouble but either way it's going to be fun tv so either he'll flame out and that'll be fun to watch a la a drew christie type thing or it'll work and it'll be fun to watch either way so um, either way cool to see someone someone in the rhap community on the show that's really fun so good for nick and looking forward to uh seeing how it all plays out should be a lot of fun all right and number seven our final point is there's lots of other fun people too. <laughs> yeah, that's been the greatest part about today. And and I I got in the cast bios yesterday, and I was just reading through them, and I was like, I'm like falling in love with like every other person, if not every person here. Like, there's so many goofy people on this show, and I can't. And then like beyond just goofiness, people with just unbelievable stories. Uh, it's a, it looks like a really killer cast. Okay, so what we thought would be fun here is let's just go through each person real quick. And just like give the headline about why we're interested slash excited about each of these people that are left here on the show. All right, let's do it. All right, let's go through the rest of the Brains Tribe here. Uh, Real quick, uh, Peter from the Brains Tribe. Peter. Yeah, Peter, who's a a big fan of another survivor, Peter Pete (laughs) Yurkowski. Yeah. That's who knew cast. pete had fans besides abby maria yeah uh yeah he's a big fan of pete yurkowski now what are the chances that somebody named pete happens to be the biggest like it almost seems like the reason like uh, you know a five-year-old would be like oh he's my favorite baseball <laughs> player because he has my same name yeah he's got my name yeah it's like when anthony grows up and anthony from fiji is going to be his <laughs> yes, favorite player. obviously yeah uh yeah but he said survivor contestant you Yes, our contestant, you are most like Pete from the Philippines. He made clever comments and he was educated, had good insight and appropriately stirred the pot. There you go. How do you feel about that assessment? Oh, boy. Very favorable uh, assessment of uh, Pete Yurkowski, my Kowski, his Kowski. All of our Kowskis. Yeah, Yeah, that's how he feels about Pete from one Pete to another. Yeah. Hunky emergency room doctor. Unky emergency room doctor. Uh, a lot of people. Abby Maria said something on Twitter that I was like, "Whoa, Abby!" It's like, "Oh, that, that. What about the guy? What about the Pete who looks like Barack Obama?" Uh, a lot of people talking about how Pete looks like Barack Obama, and then Pete in his own video says, "Yeah, everybody tells me I look like Barack Obama, and I'm sick of it." Yeah. I, oh. I I rocked a mohawk for a while, so people would stop calling me Barack Obama. Uh, I want to get a face tattoo just so people don't ask me if I'm Barack Obama. And I got to be honest, Pete, you know, saying, you know, acknowledging that you look like Barack Obama on national television is not going to help that case. Yeah, um, he's probably a hunkier Obama, maybe more like the rock Obama. Mm, yeah. Pete for Obama. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll check him out on the Brains Tribe. 
Uh, what about Aubrey, who describes herself as the love child of Sophie and Cochran, who we were shipping back in South Pacific? Maybe there was something to that. Uh, it paints a picture. Yeah. But with the hair of Shambo, she said. <laughs> wow. I got to see more. I mean, her hair is in like a headband in the photos and stuff. So I need to see the mullet. I need the full mullet. Full mullet. Uh, but the but the love child of Cochran and Sophie with the hair of Shambo. That's endearing. I, that sounds good to me. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I think that sounds like a great person. And she's also, you know, she says that her name means leader of the elves. Okay. So this should be fun. <laughs> That's what Aubrey means? Yeah, apparently. Okay. Aubrey Bracco means leader of the elves. All right. Uh, then let's talk about Joseph. He's a tough old guy. Unbelievable. 72-year-old guy, former FBI agent. Got to be in the running for a medevac, though, right? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's mean. Uh, but he looks like he could, you know, knock our two heads together. Yeah, I mean, we would. We're, it sounds like we're in the running for a medevac. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you talked about how Joseph just crushes our skulls. Yeah. When you talked about how many Survivor seasons you've been podcasting for, and I said that you're uh, Joe Del Campo old, what I meant was that you look so good for your podcasting age. Yeah. You're, you know, you just seem really fit as a podcaster still. Uh, yeah, this guy looks jacked. You could make the argument for him on Braun for sure. Um, he is, he's in very, very good condition, this guy, and seems like an interesting fellow as well. Uh, yeah. Really excited to see how he plays. He's he's one of my favorites so far. First survivor in his 70s since Rudy. That's crazy. And happy birthday, Rudy. Yeah. As we're recording, this is Rudy's uh, 88th. You know, uh, and I ain't getting no bargains. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, but he is getting uh, twit picks with Joe. Joe tweeted out a pic of him and Rudy together. Oh, wow. And jo- it, Joseph's on Twitter. Yeah, he's on Twitter. Oh, man. How about that? Look at this yeah. guy. You got to seek him out. Yeah. yeah and you know, I, I don't know. I, I like this guy. I don't, I don't know if he is going to be America's favorite survivor, Joe. I feel like that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that spot feels claimed. Uh, but I feel like there's always room for grandpa Joe. Well, I hate that guy from Charlie and the chocolate. Factory. Oh, he was great. He was great. Yeah. Fizzy lifting drinks. He didn't, uh, you know, he didn't mean to do it. He let's go from it. the chocolate factory to the ice cream factory. Yes. Uh, what about Neil Gottlieb? Neil, Neil, I've met. I met Neil uh, at the Cambodia finale. I kind of feel like he's been everywhere so far. Yeah, he feels like honorary Dirty 30. Yeah, Dirty 30 adjacent, certainly. Uh, Neil Gottlieb, he is a organic ice cream manufacturer. Yeah, Three Twins ice cream. Have you ever had it? No, I have not either. Okay. I'm sure it's good. Sounds, Sounds good. Delicious. You had me it's at ice cream. cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, I like that he's the he's the first to point out in his bio that he's like, I, I feel a kinship with my fellow scooper in Survivor Ice Cream, Eric Reichenbach. Yeah. Uh, so he, he knows that that connection is there. Hopefully he's, you know, going to not give away. I mean, I would like him to give away free ice cream, maybe not free immunity necklaces. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Liz Markham is somebody who uh, got a shout out on Twitter from a fellow know-it-all today. Oh, Yeah. Yes. What was uh, that? Our own Stephen Fishback. He said, happy cast announcement to at E.M. Markham, my first ever recruit. Wow. Fishback. Yeah. Look Working at Steven. for CBS now. Yeah. So we'll have to find out from Stephen. Do you think uh, that he got the scouting report from her? Like, how bad is Cambodia? What am I getting myself into? Apparently not, I would say. Based on... <laughs> his experience like uh, if she had some advice about how cambodia is he did not follow it uh-huh yeah 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 or he psyched himself out one Got or it. the other 
Uh, but we will f- hear from Steven exactly uh, what went down there. Yeah, and let's get some deets on that. Yeah, well, okay. and we'll see just if he can be a, you know, an impartial observer and commentator uh, during the know-it-alls this season. Yeah, listen, listen. Will she get a, extra fishies? Listen, as a former know-it-all, I'm going to be watching that very closely, and I'm going to be very strict in grading Steven's performance on that front. Yeah. No playing favorites. The other brain uh, to talk about, uh, Debbie Wanner, who has a pretty epic one-piece bikini. Like, in the running for, uh, it's obviously the best bathing suit of the season you know that's not a conversation that we need to have is it the best bathing suit in survivor history it might be definitely worth checking out so go ahead and look at the slideshow that josh put together on parade she Uh, describes herself as coach period end of discussion she's coach as as far as survivor contestants she's most like uh, we'll see what's going on there with Debbie, who is a uh, chemist. Yeah, it's like an airbrushed uh, tiger with its mouth open just to paint the uh, word picture of what she's got going on. Yeah, I mean, like if you thought that the tiger on Philip Shepard's arm was uh, was really going to get you nervous. <laughs> Yeah. This is intimidating. Uh, switching over to the Braun tribe, we have Sydney, who is a female bodybuilder. Female bodybuilder, she is. Um, she, I was watching her video, and she, she says that she is a psychology major who also has alter egos. Uh, she dons different alter egos depending on the situation. She has like very, for one of them has a very basic name. She calls herself Rebecca when she goes to interviews to meet people. She says Rebecca is a way more polished version of Sydney. And then she has another alter ego named Storm, who, uh, that's who you're going to get when she just needs to blow crap up, when she just needs to like knock things over. I find that these reality contestants that come in with the alter egos, I feel like it never is as interesting in practice as they think it's going to be. I mean, I think Storm sounds pretty awesome. Again, it always sounds awesome. But then when the person's like, oh, I'm this person now, I'm this character now, it's like, uh, you know, I think it's better in their heads. Yeah, I don't know. Storm sounds great. I hope we get to see Storm. We'll see. And what about uh, Darnell, Josh? Darnell, Darnell, uh, King Darnell, uh, as some people online are already calling him. He's from Chicago. He's a postal worker. Why is he the king? I don't know. People just love this guy Uh, automatically. I mean, he's very charming in his video. Uh, He's talking about how a lot of these people who come out to Survivor, they have to read books on how to manipulate and scheme. He's like, I grew up in Chicago just like naturally being manipulative and sneaky. Like I had to sneak out of my house. I had to figure out when my mom went to sleep and when my mom would wake up. And I would always know how to get out of the house and stuff like that. He's just very, very funny. I think people on the internet are also pumped that he's a Sean Rector fan, a self-declared Sean Rector fan. That's old school, deep cut. Yeah. He seems great. I think he seems fun. Oh, we will see more about uh, what's going on with Darnell. What about Alicia? Alicia likes pizza. I don't know, you know, about the brawn thing, but she likes pizza. So we're in. We're good. Alicia and I are fine. Sure. She is a, the daughter of somebody who has something to do with boxing. Apparently. Okay. Yeah. So, At the end of the day, she likes pizza, so I'm good with that. Okay. Uh, what about Kyle? Yeah. And uh, Kyle, what I think is really interesting about him, uh, he, of course, he is a bounty hunter, uh, yes. which I believe is a first for Survivor. He says of Russell Hance, he is the only person that has ever truly played the game the way you should. Yes. He says that... Uh, Russell, the only difference between the way I'm going to play and the way Russell played is I wouldn't wait so long before I start making things disappear. Russell made things disappear on day one. Yeah. So is he like, is he pranking people at Ponderosa? Yes. 
Yeah. He's already doing it. I love this idea. I love that Kyle, the bounty hunter, is like a Russell Hans fanboy. He's almost sort of like a Kylo Ren here now. <laughs> Kylo Jason. Yeah, he's like a got like a Russell Hans fedora in the fire, and he's like, uh, "I will set this right. Yeah. I will make. I will make this work, Russell Hans. I will finish what you started." <laughs> yes. You would be so the greatest when, of all time. And so when things don't go well, he is just going to trash the camp with his three-pronged lightsaber. Yes. Everyone's yeah. going to be like, uh, he's got too much Russell Hans in him. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for Kylo Jason. <laughs> yeah. I, I love him already. I was lamenting the fact that the guy's name wasn't Bob, so we couldn't call him Bob Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> but I'm really good with Kylo Jason. Kylo Jason. Yeah, it's really great. It's going to be very fun. Uh, we have Jennifer Lanzetti. Uh-huh. I got no tape. <laughs> She's a construction worker. It, is she, though? <laughs> She's Can on the brunch tr- drive. We can't trust those construction workers on the brunch drive. Yeah. Oh, I do have a take. I do have a take. She is. Um, she says that she does not like to be rained on. Mm. So that's going to be tr- that's going to be trouble. That's going to be tough. Okay, and then uh, we talked about Scott also already. And then over on the Beauty Tribe, uh, we've got Michelle Fitzgerald. Michelle Fitzgerald, uh, who is a big Harry Potter fan. Okay. Uh, we have Anna Kite. Kate? She's from Brooklyn. She's from Brooklyn. She's a poker player. Oh, poker player. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was exciting on BB17. BB17. Poker players on BBBs of Survivor tend to do not so well. We also have low bar for her. We also have Julia, who is comparing herself to Natalie Tenerelli. Hey, now she is young. She's um, she's I think she's 18 when she's playing 18 or 19. Um, and she talks in her video about how she a year ago was in a classroom raising her hand, asking permission to go to the bathroom. And now here she is on Survivor. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> and finally, we have Tai Trang, who could be the breakout star of Survivor Korong. Oh my God. I love this man so much already. Yes. I loved him from the Korong preview in December. I love him now. Um, I'm worried. I hope that he can do well on this tribe setup. I don't, I don't know. That's a conversation for another day, but do man, do I love this guy? Yes. He's just, he's just incredible already. <laughs> what is it that you like so much about him besides the fedora? I just love the, I love the way he talks. I love how he's, you know, he's got a great story. He's the, he's the middle kid in a, a family of 10 kids. He's, uh, you know, he was a refugee from the Vietnam war. Um, he compares himself to the dichotomy is so strange. He compares himself to Spencer Bledsoe and Bob Crowley. <laughs> I don't know where, what to make of that, but that seems great. Yeah. He's wearing Jonathan Penner's hat. I could say this about him. He's got a great hat. I'd like to have my hat back, please. Yes. He looks like he would be a great Jonathan Penner ally. And that just makes me happy. Yeah. So Ty Trang, we love you already. Hopefully uh, we'll see a lot more from you and that's it. That's it. That's the cast. I think it's a, I, it looks like a really fun cast. It me. looks really, really fun. I think that we're ready for this cast and for this season. And it's going to be fun just to, again, unwrap what the mystery inside. 
Yeah. Yeah, I've been I'm I'm eager for this season. You know, I think that uh low expectations as you say is the key to happiness. Uh my expectations are getting a little higher. I got to keep them in check, but I'm I'm really pumped up for this season. I can't wait for it to start up. All right. Well, Josh, it's been so fun to talk to you about Survivor once again. Of course, uh we did talk extensively about Survivor not just on Survivor Know-It-Alls this past season, but in our 30 season rewatch of the evolution of strategy, uh, which people can check out anytime. Again, it's a long, cold survivor off season. And sure, we've got a lot of podcasts, but if you need more than what we've got here going on on Robin's podcast, you could check out the evolution of strategy anytime and listen to chapter one, all about Borneo for free at evolutionofstrategy.com. That's right. Yeah. And man, you and I, we have talked about Every single tribal council in Survivor history, because I was fortunate enough to to fill in for Steven on season 31. Uh, so un, uncharted waters we're, we're coming into where we won't be talking about every single tribal this season. Or we could keep it going. Oh, what? Yeah. Steven's out of the job again? No, 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 no. Look, uh, look Steven uh, is going to come back to know-it-alls. That's his... That, I, I, look, I, I, you don't lose your job to going back on the show around I tried, here. I tried. I did my best. But we do want to keep it going. We have so much fun talking about Survivor every week. So I am very happy to announce that we will be having a new weekly edition here on Robin's Podcast where Josh will be joining us for a podcast we are calling The Wiggle Room. Wiggle Room. Yes. Yeah, back in the, the Nick Merlonio <laughs> blogging days when, when I used to blog about the Wiggle Room back on RHAP. We're bringing it back. Yeah. So we are bringing it back. Very excited that we are going to do this. And so every week, Josh and I are going to be doing a podcast. And we don't exactly have a format yet, but I think what we're trying to key into and Josh, you could speak to this is a little bit of talking about what is the story. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of Penner. Yeah, no, I, I just love the story of Survivor and I love the strategy, too. And that's always super fun to unpack. And I'm sure we're going to do that as well. But I really love tracking the story of a season and who are the breakout characters and who are the goofy characters? Who are the Keith nails in the making? Who's going to make me, you know, a nail mail? What's going to be the new nail mail? Uh, so I think we'll track a lot of that stuff. I think that that is a real big, big part of why Survivor is so much fun to watch. Yeah, the game is incredible, but there can never be enough appreciation for just the little story character beats and i think that's a lot of what we're going to chart in uh in the wiggle room when we open that up for business all right so very excited about that we're going to try to get that on mondays also just to add something to your week of rhap so very excited about all of that and of course you could hear josh and i speaking of talking about stories every single week on our scripted tv podcast post show recaps and you could hear us on the weekly scripted tv recap on that most shows recap. Most recently, we talked about the premiere of Colony on USA. Yeah, with uh, Josh Holloway, who's also you know familiar with islands and trying to survive from those things. Yeah, well, we actually did it with Antonio Mazzaro. Don't don't hype up that uh, Josh Holloway is our co-host. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been great. Yeah, but what we already saved Antonio once on this podcast. We don't need to do it again. Yeah. All right. So you can check that out all out on post show recaps. Anything else on post show recaps uh, that you want to alert people to? No, I mean, we're in the buildup toward Walking Dead and Better Call Saul. Both of those shows, which are big shows that we cover on post show recaps, you with Antonio on Better Call Saul, you and me on Walking Dead. 
Those are gearing up just in a couple of weeks right around Survivor time. So we're doing a bunch of one-off podcasts in the lead up to that. Uh, very excited. Just keep an eye on the post show recaps, post recaps.com slash iTunes, and you won't miss a thing. Of course, you could follow Josh on Twitter. He is at Round Howard. I am at Rob Sisternino. We will have the link up to Josh's slideshow that you could check out about the cast, or you can go to robiswebsite.com slash parade to check it out and get all of Josh's parade survivor articles. Josh, what's the hashtag here? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> Kyla Jason. Kyla Jason, a, I think, is going to be it. Uh, it's a late edition, but really funny. Any love for Nick Merlonio? Nick Merlonio. <laughs> That's also a late arrival. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's an appropriate b- 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 hashtag that we could do. So, yeah, Kyla Jason is fun. That's uh, really great. All Topical. right. Cool. Josh, anything else before we sign off? No, this is fun. I can't wait for this season to start up. Can't wait to hear that Jeremy Collins interview. Uh, can't wait for this offseason. You're rocking it, Rob. Rocking Rob on this offseason. <laughs> All right. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Don't miss any of our shows and look for that Jeremy interview coming up on Friday. Go to robisawebsite.com slash iTunes or search for Rob as a podcast in your favorite podcatcher. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say in the comments and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. 